0: Welcome to a special preemptive program, uh, a community town hall on Zoom. Nothing's coming on? me a second there. Oh, we.
1: To us on Zoom. Uh, welcome, however, you're joining us. We have 67 participants on Zoom, which I think is the first for Cortez. So welcome, everyone. Uh, My name is Karen mahon Carrington, and I am going to help facilitate today's call along with Nova Anderson, who is just just figuring out some final technical challenges um, from her remote location in Whale Town. Uh, So... um, Thanks very much to Holly Hawk for providing this uh, Zoom room for us all, um, and to Aton who is doing technical support for us, um, and Howie. <laughs> so, in this time together, we are going to hear some updates uh, from different organizations in our island community about how they have been preparing, what they have been doing to anticipate uh, and prevent any COVID-19 difficulties from emerging here on the island. Um, then, we ha- then we're then we going to have a question and answer where you can ask your questions uh, uh, on the Zoom chat and we will figure out if we can direct them to the right person to get a good answer for you. And then we're going to go into some uh, smaller groups to just check in and meet our neighbors. Um, this is even, even though we are separated physically, we're physically distancing, as they say. Um, this is still a time for building community, perhaps in fact more than ever. And so this is a time where we can uh, get to meet some people that maybe we don't know so well. So that's our agenda. It's three parts. One is updates. The second is question and answer. And the third is um, doing some small breakout rooms, breakout rooms, courtesy of this wonderful Zoom technology, and just uh, sharing where you're at with all of this. So, uh, I'm just checking. So, um, we're just, I think, waiting for nobody's having some technical difficulties. So, the first part of our agenda is updates from uh, different island organizations, as we said. So I believe Stephanie Benson from the clinic is online. Um, I'm hoping she, she is. I can't see here, everyone. Hi. Okay. Stephanie, why don't you tell us what you've been up to?
2: Okay, good. Well, hold on. Let me pull. I made a couple of notes here. Let me just pull that up. And just so okay. you know, you're
1: on the radio as well as Zoom. It's all very fancy.
2: Oh, Good. I should. <clears throat> um, okay, so hi everyone. I'm Stephanie or Dr. Benson. I'm I'm um, one of the regular docs that kind of cycles through here. So my update is a little bit on behalf of the clinic as a whole, um, and uh, for the nurses and the other physicians and the MOAs and everyone that, that works there. Um, so I'm going to have a little bit of a medical update and a little bit about how our, our clinic is functioning. So um, some of you may know we have, in accordance to kind of what, with, the, with what the province is recommending, um, we've switched to mostly virtual care appointments for all those that can be done in that way. Um, that's either by the telephone, um, which works well for a lot of people, or by video conferencing, which is a, a fairly straightforward, provided that the connection is, is good enough um we're still doing urgent and emergency in-person assessments um so that is important to know we still are here and we still are seeing people if they need to be seen um we try to only have one person in the clinic patient in the clinic at a time ideally and we're using different exits to try and keep it and we're cleaning it very thoroughly to try and keep it as a very safe place for those who still need it Um, We are doing urgent blood work, but life labs across the board is we have to delay non-essential labs and investigations. Um, We ask that people call ahead and then typically you'll get a phone visit and then if needed, an in-person visit. And with people with infectious symptoms, we might be assessing them in their car, um, possibly just to avoid bringing that into the clinic if we can. Um, The farm.
1: So Stephanie froze for me. I don't know about other people. Oh. Yeah, okay. Um, so we'll just wait a minute and see if Stephanie can join back uh, into the call. I'm not sure if she knows she's frozen. We have limitations in this virtual world, do we not? No, is um,
3: also here.
0: Yeah. Can you... Uh somehow uh get
4: that
1: um so there's some suggestions that some people could go audio only in the chat so some uh some people you know are using the chat so if you um take your video off or if you're on Twincom, we're probably getting close to capacity for the system so if we went to to um Stop, if you click stop video in the bottom left-hand side of your screen, um, then that does use less bandwidth. And that way, that way we might be able to get Stephanie back. Um, and some other uh, tips for using Zoom. So in the bottom left-hand corner of your Zoom screen, for those of you that are joining us by Zoom, uh, there is a mute button, or it might say unmute is the first button in the bottom left. And next to that is stop video. So, the more of us that stop video, the better our bandwidth will be.
5: Really. Um...
1: And if you're not speaking, if you can, um, if you've unmuted to mute yourself, and that way we'll only hear the speaker. Uh, going along the bottom of your screen, the other important uh, icon there is the one that says chat. So, if you click on that, A little chat box will appear on the right-hand side of your video screen, and you can can chat to everyone, I think the first one that comes up for most people, and you can make a suggestion and then everyone in the room will see it. Um, Or, um, I sometimes have trouble with this, but it sometimes works that you can pick one person who's on this Zoom call and send a private message to them. Uh, you know, do you want to take the dogs for a walk tomorrow, six feet apart or something, whatever it is you want to say. Um, So the chat function is important. And then lastly, uh, the other important buttons to learn on Zoom are in the top right-hand corner. uh, There is something that says gallery view. And if you click on that, you get uh, screens of everyone who's in this meeting. And the alternate is speaker view. And if you click on speaker view, then you will get a video uh, of the person who's speaking. So those are our um, main Zoom features. And back to regularly scheduled programming, we were hearing from Stephanie. Have you rejoined us, Stephanie? Uh, t- Stephanie is um, en route to the clinic, and uh, just getting a text. And we'll join from there. Um, and I see that Noba is on the line now. Nobar, is everything working well on your end now?
6: Um, yeah, I have no idea what that was about. I'm in just like anyone else is in now, I think.
1: All right. Well, do you want, I, why don't I pass it to you and you can um, take us from here. We got halfway through Stephanie. I think you probably heard that.
6: I, um, I heard the last couple words as she was fading out. Thank you, Karen, for um, helping us with some logistical issues here. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for joining. I see we've got 65 of us. Um, I'll leave the fluff to a minimum. Uh, but what I, I really did just want to reiterate that I'm hearing from a lot of you in a lot of different contexts. And this is really challenging times for all people across a surprising spectrum. Uh, we've got people who are being affected financially, financially emotionally, socially, physically. We're, you know our, our lives are physically different, uh, spiritually certainly. There's obviously an unprecedented number of people who are out of work. Um, I'm also hearing from people on social assistance and disability that they've not received the kind of government support that other vulnerable populations are being guaranteed. And that is something that's being worked on with the province. I'm getting um, assuredness that that's really high on their radar but there's some real anxiety in those sectors obviously small businesses are having huge disruption um i've got a screen thing going on um and then there's some people who are really overworked especially our medical personnel and people in our food supply chain so just huge gratitude to so many people there there's and then i'm hearing increasingly from children and families these days who after a week or two being um, socially isolated are really struggling both financially and, and just socially sort of emotionally so I do there are a number of government assistance programs I don't know if we can get any kind of a sense of people on the call whether that's a value for me to walk through I have a number of websites that I can just show both from the provincial federal and regional levels there are so many financial opportunities it's unprecedented right now what I, what I would really like is to find some way of supporting some sy- system navigation, um, and I've, I've put that out to to authorities, and maybe that's something we can do here voluntarily. I know that those of you who are within a business or an organization might be getting support from some of your managers, but most of us aren't in that position trying to figure out how to navigate all these systems, so I've had a number of requests for sort of systems navigation, if you will, and trying to pull that together. Certainly in my articles and other articles, there's lots of links. Um, but for many people, they'll, they'll need an extra help with that. And then I'm hearing from a lot of you just how profoundly grateful we are to be here on Cortez, um, where we have a lot more spaciousness, where we can go outside, um, people really understanding their privilege and acknowledging the privileged position that we're in living here on Cortez. Um so I wanted to just give a wee bit of context before we get back into Stephanie and our and our guests then. Um, Stephanie, I see you're back with us. That's awesome. Um, so I'll just finish a little bit of a high-level context and then we'll get into Stephanie and the other guests. So I've hosted three uh, Zoom calls like this with an invited group of people. Uh, so I probably, I'm seeing the names here on the screen. Probably most of you have been I'm following and reading this. So the first call was really with uh, 40 or so business and community leaders just to check in. What's everyone up to? How are we supporting each other? How are we responding in this this time of disruption? The second was around getting some coordinated messaging to me around what is our collective message to travelers, off-island folks, or people here who are traveling off-island. And so that I put out a few days ago. And admittedly, we've had some pushback around some suggestions there that were more restrictive than what we're hearing federally. So um, acknowledging acknowledging that. And then the third call was I broke people up into a number of different small discussion groups where people could take half an hour or so and get into figuring out a little bit how to coordinate between businesses and organizations to deliver some of the immediate and longer-term services in response to the situation. Um, So those groups included food resilience, both in the immediate and in the longer term. And I'll speak a little bit to food. There was a group that looked at spaces to self-quarantine, potentially for people who didn't have that capacity in their own homes. How could we respond as a community to provide spaces for people who needed um, some self-quarantining when we get there? how to deliver, deliver food and supplies to homebound residents. And I've got some good news coming together that we'll get through with our speakers here. Also some discussion around how to connect people uh, who want support with people who can offer support at this time, how to support children and families. So those, those are the, some of the updates you'll get here today. Uh, Dawn is here to speak around people, especially with mental health challenges and, and their sort of increasing anxiety and financial uh, hardship at this particular time and how to support them. And then another, the final conversation was around how to build really long-term resilience with this being a catalyst, perhaps for that, that heightened awareness. Um, Right now there's been so many resilience topics that we've been wanting to advance and perhaps with a bit of spaciousness of time and some people who have greater time available to them and the and heightened awareness that this would be a time to move on some of those. So there's been some strategizing there. Um, so there's just two things that I really want to speak with you before we get back to Samantha, ferries and food. So BC Ferries, in my conversation with senior management at BC Ferries here at, at the regional level, they're, no, they're not getting directives so far from any senior government to limit travel to certain kinds of travelers. They are, though, strongly encouraging people to stay on the car deck and in their cars if they at all can. And as of, I hope, tomorrow they're going to be handing out a pamphlet <clears throat> that's based on the information that I put online a few days ago on Tideline, just requests for people coming to Cortez to be really super vigilant and that this isn't a time for tourism. And if you're coming, please have a, a really good place to land that can you know support you in your isolation And that we're asking people, really, if at all possible, to isolate for a period of time from wherever they're coming, not just international, just to be really cautious. Um, And asking people to assume that they have COVID. I think it's a very safe assumption to think that it's on the island already and and could be passing quite quickly. So how can we be protecting others in this time? So there's no restrictions on ferries, but we are asking really just only essential, essential travel at this time. On food, and I want to share this a bit because this is the the most heightened anxiety for people right now as this gap time between people having lost their work or having less economic security and the programs kicking in from senior government. So I've spent a bunch of time in the last few days as a follow-up to last week speaking with the Food Bank and uh, Manson's Hall and Linnea and others around how we can get some food security moving more quickly. So Samantha, who really runs the food bank, has said that she has started to buy some more bulk supplies uh, in preparation for this coming. And anybody at any time can phone her at 935-0276. She's in the 2020 phone book under Staten, Samantha Staten, 935-0276. I also just today created in conjunction with her and the hall an email that is cortezcovidfood at gmail.com. So I'll put that in the chat, cortezcovidfood at gmail.com. And that will be monitored by um, some food bank supporters. So if you or anyone that you know needs some food bank uh, food now, that's a way of, of doing that online as well. We, they will need to know how many people in your household and they also provide food to pets. so the the thing that they can get immediately going is the there's the more traditional um food hampers because uh, there's no cooking required. There's also, and I really encourage people to use that this is this is a time of extraordinary measures where people across the whole economic spectrum you know save a few are really strapped and so i just really invite us all to put any sort of social weirdness around using the food bank at this extraordinary time and do so like don't don't go hungry the the gorge harbor has offered um, a 500 contribution to the food bank if it's matched And I will throw that on the table as well. So there's $1,000 there offered in matches to the the food bank. So I really invite anybody who is in a position of privilege like myself, who has a job and has land and has housing security to to offer, if at all possible. Um, And then the second piece around food is um, seeing whether the restaurants and community kitchens can gear up to cook and freeze prepackaged food. Um, that will take a little bit longer and is really needs to be linked to need. So please use that, call the food bank or use that uh, Cortez COVID food at Gmail so we can have some sense of need because the kitchens can't pre-order food and pre-order packaging if we don't have a sense of need. Is theres is there three or 30 or 300? Um, so one thing that the clinic is doing is they're phoning around to the seniors and frail and vulnerable people that they're aware of, as is seniors helping seniors. I know that the family support coordinator is really reaching out on the family end of things, really trying to do a bit of a needs assessment. So please help us out in that way. Um And then over time, if this call is is well-received, we can certainly do others with updates around um, bigger picture, long-term resiliency issues on the island. But I think right now it's really making people aware of the immediate offerings. Uh, So we'll go back to Stephanie now and all of the offerings that a number of people that have been on these three calls in the community, um, what they're doing. So we're gonna hear from the clinic some of the home support programs, mental health, the regional district emergency program, Gorge Harbor, I'm hoping the Cortez market, Hollyhock, uh, some children and family programmings and then the economic development. And then we'll turn it back over to you for questions and answers and perhaps some discussion breakout groups. So just profound gratitude really, really for living in this community Um, even more acutely at this time when so many community leaders have come together and uh, and rallied in a really beautiful way. Uh, We are in an incredibly privileged position to live here. So Stephanie, um, it looks like you're unmuted, back over to you. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hi, thanks Nova, that's well said. It's um, just lovely to be a part of this community and see all of this I think for our, greater public health, this kind of meeting and discussion and teamwork is the best thing we can do. Um, classic Cortez style, my internet just booted out of my house, so I puffed it up to the clinic. Um, I'm just going to start again uh, briefly. So um, the clinic's approach. So right now, as I mentioned before, um, we're doing mostly virtual care appointments. This is consistent with what um, clinics are having to do kind of across the province. So that's telephone or video conferencing. And that would say most things we can manage in that way, but we absolutely still are doing urgent and emergency in-person assessments. So our goal is to only have one patient in the clinic at a time just to help reduce um, contact and so that we can keep it as a safe place for everyone. Um, we're still doing urgent blood work on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, but we're delaying all non-essential labs and investigations. Life labs will not even accept them at this point in time. Um, we ask that you call ahead, and typically you'll have, like, a phone consult with the doc or the nurse, and then if we need to, we'll bring you in. If you're sick or have infectious symptoms, sometimes we might be seeing you in your car if you've got a cough or something like that. Um the other piece I started to talk about was the pharmacy, so a lot, um, it's still open. Hours are a little shorter, 2 to 4 p.m. Wednesdays and Fridays. We're doing one at a time, people coming around the back door. Any questions, just call us ahead, um, and the Cove is doing a really good job in doing a lot of payments over the phone, so it's just briefer and, and fewer interactions overall. Um, <clears throat> as to who, who is being swabbed in BC right now. So this is guided by public health. It's not kind of uh, at the decision of a, one clinic or one doctor. And unfortunately there are isn't the resources to swab ideally the number of people that uh, I think most of us would like to. So um, right now we are not able to swab community cases. People who are being swabbed are those that are sick enough that they will require hospitalization. Um, and that's to be able to direct where in the hospital they would go. And those that work directly with healthcare, so paramedics and physicians and nurses and MOAs, um, and also pregnant symptomatic patients. But this is ongoing, it's changing, um, and will continue to change. Um, and we'll let you know when that does, if it does. Um, swabs overall are not helpful if the patient, if someone is asymptomatic, um, and they're not really to identify negatives that can provide false reassurance because they're oftentimes negative in people without symptoms, even if they were a carrier of the virus. Um, a couple of medical things. So, if you get sick, I want to remind you that over eighty percent of the cases are are very are mild. Um, but if you're feeling like you have a cough, sore throat, fevers, chills, shortness of breath, um, achy muscles, then presume that you are positive. I like Nova's comment that we have to assume that it is on the island, um, and everyone kind of protect themselves and others in that way. So, if you are sick with a cold or with a flu or with these symptoms, you can call our clinic. I'm happy and any of the docs are happy to walk you through this and keep checking in, um, deciding if you need to be seen, you might. Um, And then you need to strictly quarantine for 14 days. And so that means not going to public areas, not going for walks or off your properties. Um, You're having your groceries dropped off. This is very strict and that's really the best thing we can do for everyone. Um, If you live with others, I mean, ideally, you would be able to separate that space a bit, have separate bathrooms if possible, separate bedrooms, um, and again, call us if you want to go through anything. Um, we as a team, so we meet very regularly um, in the clinic with the nurses. We're in touch with public health often. We work with the ambulance, all in trying to look at um, what we can do to plan for the worst, and we're continuing to do that and work work together. Um, I want to reiterate just how important it is that we maintain physical distancing. It's isolating, it's exhausting. I know it's, it's hard on a lot of people, especially um, from a mental health point of view. And so physically distancing doesn't necessarily mean socially distancing. So reach out to people, as Nova mentioned, the clinic has kind of a, a bit of a list of some initially potentially vulnerable people we're just reaching out to. And I think everyone thinking in that team mentality is, is excellent. Um, some good resources so the bc cdc website i would say is probably the most up-to-date and relevant to us in bc and is updated every day Um, we are definitely still here other medical things happen in this time beyond COVID, and we are still here and addressing those so please do not hesitate to get in touch we are busy as ever despite having fewer bodies actually in the building Um, and i'm happy to answer questions as well i won't be able to be here for um, the whole meeting. I have another meeting. There's a, a lot of them going on. But um, um, if they're passed along, then I'll I'll happy to answer those in the future. And please call. Thank you so much, Stephanie.
7: Grenade.
6: Oh, sorry. Thank you, Stephanie, um, for joining us and all the work that you continue to do. I understand that Bernice is up next.
7: Yes, I am. Sorry about that. Um, so I am speaking for the 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 sort of group that that already has a lot of connections that involves the CCHA's augmented home support program, seniors helping seniors volunteer services, um, home and community care, um, and the clinic. We already have a lot of connections that that are working. So. Um, We've this week started to um, reach out by phone to um, various people that we've kind of identified. And um, I wrote a post on the Tideline about that and it will be in the marketer on Friday, I believe. And um, just checking in with people who may need some extra support at this time, whose regular support systems might be interrupted. so that's sort of just starting this week, and it will depend on availability of people to make those phone calls. And, you know, if you think that, if you know of anybody that you think would like to have a check-in, um, if it's yourself or somebody else, um, you can call the clinic and ask to talk to the nurse. Um, so the Augmented Home Support Program is, um, is potentially expanding its role a little bit um, to uh, meet the needs of more islanders. Currently, it it serves mostly people with um, some chronic medical needs or people coming home from the hospital. And so that might be able to be expanded with a bit of extra funding that is potentially coming down the pipe. uh, that's, so I think that's all I have to report on that what we're doing at the moment. Um, I I did want to add one thing was that I really appreciated um, Genoa's post that she did on the tideline yesterday. And I think it's a really important um, thing that needs to be considered. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing, but I just um, appreciated her effort to, to put that out. Um, I think that's all I have to say.
6: Thank you so much. Thank you, Bernice. Uh, just finding my notes here. Who did we have up next? Sorry, um, Donna. Are you? Can you unmute yourself? You're up next if you are
8: with us. My audio. Hello. Um, I'm calling. I'm just letting you all know that, um, of course, at this time. There are many people who are even more stressed than they usually are. So I just wanted you to, to know that there are hotlines that you can call at any time. There's, And I'm going to put them into the chat as soon as I'm done talking. Um, there's a hotline you can call 24-7 for any mental health issue whatsoever at 310-6789. And I'm going to write that into the chat, 310-6789. I'm also available, um, I'm going to start something I'm calling a talk-in clinic. On Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 8 to 9 in the morning, um, you can call my office phone, which is 250-935-0037. And I'll put that in, too. Um, thank you, Jen, um, for putting in the crisis line. Um, I'm, my office phone is also available for you to call 24-7, although I only check it in the morning and in the evening. And we'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. So um, when you call, if you call, please leave me your phone and when I can call you back. And I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. There are also other counselors um, on this island who are willing and able to give support. So I'll try to hook everybody up with appropriate folks. But um, I'm happy to talk with you if you want to call. And I'll leave all this information on the chat. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for, for being heartfelt and giving. Thanks.
6: Thank you so much, Donna. Um, So Sean Koopman is with us, I do believe. I think in the chat he's coming through is Lindsay, which is his wife's computer, I think that he's on. Uh, Sean is the manager of the Strathcona Regional District Emergency Management Program. And he's been working on trying to secure some funding to support some of our work. So are you with us here, Sean?
4: Sean is here. Technically, I'm a coordinator, but I'm I'm guessing I just got a pay increase and a position to manager, so thank you for that, Director Anderson. Uh, I have put in a proposal to Emergency Management BC that would allow local organizations across the regional districts to submit a letter of intent to receive sustainable long-term funding to provide Grocery, pet food, and prescription refill deliveries to cover the cost of that fee to seniors and vulnerable populations throughout the regional district. I was hoping that that would be in. Uh, approved down the pipeline today. Unfortunately, it's still sitting on the desk at EMBC, which is Emergency Management British Columbia. But I did work firsthand with my colleague at Emergency Management BC to put that program together. So I am optimistic that it is going to be approved the uh, provincial and global supply chain of personal protective equipment remains a crucial and priority concern for us and um, also been working with a local organization that may be able to mass produce that somewhere in the regional district for our healthcare facilities as well. Uh, Just a note to tell people that paramedics will be altering their operational protocol and you may see them in much more protective equipment when responding to calls than usual Uh, don't be alarmed by that that's just a general change in operations oh and my screen has frozen so i hope you all heard that
6: Uh, I I think the timing was probably perfect. We heard you complete your uh, comments about uh, BC Paramedics. Thank you so much, Sean. Um, And just so I have been in touch with the Augmented Home Support Program and the Food Bank to see if when that funding that Sean speaks about hopefully comes through that we can um, mobilize some of our existing great programs to help with the, the delivery of um, food and products for people both here on island as well as potentially off-island, yet unknown. But I'm I'm certainly receiving some communication from people who are saying that um, their budget is usually tight, whether it's families or seniors on fixed incomes, and the notion of having to source all of their groceries on island is of great concern. So there's some discussion about whether there couldn't be some kind of um, off-island collective buying support. So um, anyway, between those organizations and Sean, we will do our very best to hire people as much as we can to support uh, the community in this extraordinary time through delivery services. So Bill, you're up next. Mr. Dugan with the Gorge Harbour.
9: I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I'll just give you an update, Uh, but before I start that update, I'll just say that um, the way that we're approaching it at Gorge Harbour anyways is that some of these changes that we're making now are going to be the new way that things are going to be done. Um, You know, I don't think uh, that this is um, a one-month, two-month, or three-month thing that we're dealing with here. I think that we're dealing with about a year and a half to maybe two years And there's going to be a general expectation on the changes on the way that uh, businesses operate, especially during that period of time that we're dealing with this and that they're going to need to be in place for us to operate. Um, In other words, I have a feeling deep down with my communication with a lot of people that Um, You know, the government may be leaning towards limiting how um, or what businesses even will be able to operate unless this is, you know, unless there's a vaccine or everybody gets it. So we've been doing the new normal stuff, which is a super amount of cleaning. Um, You know, we've uh, kept our staff, our our stock levels up, uh, but I don't see any issues right now with the um, supply chain whatsoever our staff has been wearing masks and we started off wearing (laughs) the n95 masks and then after uh, a conversation with the doctor at the clinic we're down to wearing the cloths that actually erica and jack are making for all the stores on the island and we just made a decision tonight that our staff wearing masks in the store is just gonna basically be part of the uh uniform now and i think it's going to be one of the things that's going to be expected by the government in order for us to operate, to be totally honest with you. We're limiting the amount of the people in the store still. Everybody has to come in our store from one entrance and leave from that exit. So we try to keep the amount of people in the store down to five. um, And that's worked uh, quite well. People are awesome. You know, everybody is being, you know, really great about some of the changes that have had to be done. We are asking people because we are seeing people come into the stores that are sick. And I get it. Um, you know, you gotta have food, you gotta go out because you're sick. A year ago I used to just say, Oh God, you know, so and so came in, they were really sick again. But now this is an issue that really is paramount. If if I get sick, Tammy gets sick, or any of our staff in any of these stores get sick. We're out for two weeks. So it's not like somebody's out with a cold for five days. Um, They're out for two weeks. And this is a challenge that we're all facing. And um, we don't have a staff shortage now, but we very well could have a staff shortage. So we're just asking people who are sick not to come into the store. We can pick your groceries. We can put them outside the door. We have a spot for you to pick up that's out of the rain. So we're asking people to do that. We've opened up the shared garden up at the old Truths Cafe land. There's been uh, four or five people up there working pretty diligently for the last four or five days. And it didn't take long to get that going. Um, And then one other comment about the food supply on the island. A couple things has happened since all of this has happened. One of the interesting things that's happened is the sales mix, like what each of the stores sell has changed. I know it has in our case. Food that used to sell is no longer selling, and uh, food that didn't sell very often is selling like crazy. Um, And if there are people on the island who do need special foods, there's uh, special items that they need to get, I do believe that any of the stores on the island can get that stuff brought in for you. Um, We do have access to everything. If there's only one person on the island who needs these things, the stores aren't gonna bring it in, but we can bring in stuff special order. So just everybody needs to keep that in mind that we're not isolated. We are capable of getting every single thing that we need brought over here. So just keep that in mind. And I think that's it. Great work, dude.
6: Thank, thank you, Bill. And really for all the gorgeous leadership. Um, thank you so much. Bertha, are you with us here on the call? If so, Please unmute yourself and and share some words. Hi. Yes, I am here today, Nova. Welcome. Thank you. Just a little update on
10: what we're doing. Uh, We're continuing business as usual. Our hours are still cut back. Uh, We have an hour on Monday mornings for the seniors to shop. And they're allowed in the store one at a time to, for their safety. Uh, we're also limiting the amount of people in the store when it gets really busy. Um, like Bill said, it, it's the market has changed quite a bit and we have to keep on top of it. Um, we're having a hard time stocking some things like flour. Um, other things are seem to be back again, like toilet paper and stuff, is not a problem and hasn't been here. Um, We've gotten word that yeast and and that sort of stuff might be in short supply in the future. And we're trying to stock up now while we have a chance. Um, Apparently, condoms are also going to be in short supply, so they're being ordered up. Um, We don't want a a bunch of uh, new babies in nine months. the, um, we're taking extra care in, in cleaning and stuff. We hope to get a uh, shipment of sanitizer in on Friday. We, we still have a little bit. We have stuff for the um, customers to use as they come in, and, um, but we don't have any for sale for the customers. Um, we've had to limit it to our use first. Other than that, everything is pretty well going along fine. Uh, Staffing was a problem, but we seem to have it covered now. Um, We talked at one point about um, closing one day, but as it seems to slow down and we're getting the swing of things, I don't know if that's necessary anymore. Um, We are disappointed in the amount of people still leaving the island to shop. Um, that's certainly not essential travel in my mind as, as most of the things can be um, purchased on the island. Uh, the, uh, you know I, I certainly understand if you're going for a doctor's appointment to, to um, shop and stuff, but we have people saying, well, this will just last me to tomorrow when I'm going to the river to shop. Uh, I really think that's a poor decision and it's a poor decision for them to then come back the next day and come into the store and spread any germs that they might have picked up off-island back around the community. I don't know if there's anything we can do about that, but it, it is one of our concerns. Like Bill said, if anything happens to us, um, there's not someone that can just step in and take up over for us and um, the loss of food services on the island would um, be very bad for the island as well as all the other stuff we carry like medications and hardwares and such that um, you need when your toilet breaks down you need to fix your toilet. Uh, Other than that I'd like to thank the majority of the community for staying safe. Um, The delivery And the pickups have been um, going well. We've had no problem with them at all. Uh, And they are being well used, which makes me proud of our community that some of them are staying home and staying safe. Thanks.
6: Thank you, Bertha, for um, your continued leadership in this community and for joining us on these calls. I really appreciate it. Um, You provide such a key service. So we've got three more, uh, and then we'll break into q and I believe, after that. Um, Andrea, you wanted to share a little bit about what Hollyhock has been doing in response, I believe.
3: Yes. Thank you, Noba. I just want to start by saying how grateful I am to have the opportunity to gather with our community, even here online. And big thank you to Bill and Bertha for me as well. Uh, for our grocery supply for our season should be starting on April the 14th, but we have postponed that until the beginning of June. For now, we are making decisions on our opening day about 30 days out. Uh, And one of our major priorities is the health and safety of this island and of this community. I do want to just acknowledge our local business partners that are affected um, by the Hollyhock closure, as well as just just the lack of tourism dollars uh, coming to the island this season, and also uh, the unemployment that this is causing for us and other organizations and other industries. So Hollyhock has about 40 island locals uh, who live here, and we're expecting to come back to work right now for the season. Uh, And now we are postponing those positions. So we're supporting with lots of EI applications uh, and looking into other options for emergency support. And one of those initiatives includes our garden. So our garden is currently fully staffed. We've increased our food production, where we normally plant about 500 annuals so that we have flowers for the season. Uh, We're seeding with vegetables instead. So whether a restaurant, uh, whether it opens or not, we want to be able to provide fresh produce for our entire staff as well as other locals that are in need. Um, We're still unsure about the distribution. Uh, We just need a little bit more time to collaborate with course, as producers, to make sure that we're in support of everyone. We're also offering free weekly webinars uh, that you can register for online. They're offering connection. Uh, the information is on Tideline. We'd love to have everyone join us. And uh, we still have a couple of people working administration on the campus. So even though it feels really strange and really lonely, uh, we just ask that anyone coming to visit please maintain social distancing. This includes if you're in our garden and our gardeners are working, we just want to keep them safe. Uh, So call or email if you can. I want to offer uh, my email address and I'll put it in the chat as well. It's just my first name, andrea at hollyhock.ca. I just would love to um, participate in resource sharing. I know Nova talked about access to government programs for unemployment or funding for business um, we have a scanner we have a printer we have wi-fi if anyone uh, wants to reach out for support we'd love to do that i'm going to post a flowchart in the chat as well uh, that just simplifies things a little bit We also have a shuttle van if we can support with deliveries and rides uh, in a safe way. If anyone has any ideas of of, um, just sharing how Hollyhock can show up for this community in this time of crisis, just please reach out. And just a reminder for everyone to stay safe and hope to talk to you soon.
6: Thank you, Andrea, and for Hollyhock's uh, really gracious community spirit in these times. Christine Robinson, if you're with us, uh, please unmute yourself and, and share some of the coordination that you've been helping with with regards to um, supporting children and youth and families in this time.
5: So um, I think my audio is on, but not my visual. Am I correct on that? Correct. Okay, well, we'll just leave it that way. <laughs> so, hey, <clears throat> hello, everybody. Thank you so much, um, especially thank you to to Noba, to Anton, to Karen. Um, just the opportunity to see faces and hear voices and hear <clears throat> the uh, <clears throat> remarkable stories that are coming forward from our community is is very impressive. So, I just want to say that I'm I'm really representing a number of. Uh, individuals and people who are stepping forward to think about supporting families and children and youth. Um, so many of you will know that there was spring break um, two weeks ago. And so really it's only in this last week that many of the school students would normally have come back to school. And so this is a change that they're adjusting to. Um, and I think the overall message that we're all saying, and I, I, I'm rep- representing people who run programming, other educators, uh, people who work with children, is that this really is an opportunity to increase our, our quality family time um, during these days that were recommended to self-isolate within our family units. Um, and, and really most importantly, we're hearing this message over and over again get out and connect with nature, which we can do so easily on Cortez. And what this does is it meets the physical, the emotional, and the creative needs of children, and it provides relief and enjoyment for parents as well as children. So specifically, um, you know, many of the activities that are starting to um, appear um, are being um, or the lead is being taken by um, the Cortez family support through Desta and the CCHA, and so they're stepping up to um, be kind of a central forum and to post extra resources, ideas, um, provide additional support and networking to parents and families through various um, various ways. Um, Cortez Literacy and Folk you are um, beginning to provide a forum for activities that can be done at home for children and families. The Children's Forest Board is um, going to be offering a weekly nature activity or folk focus. <clears throat> And just a very quick update on the school, Um, all the staff um, have been in touch with students and families last week and this week they're beginning to um, put together um, some online programming for for the students there. Um, Just sort of a quick summary here, parents um, can be reminded here that it is normal. If there is behavior change in your children at this time, and that there may be regression for young children who had been making progress and things that were coming easily. This is normal and to be um, expected. Um, parents are encouraged to focus on family connections atta- and attachments within their family and to reach out um, to, you know, to friends and to others um, in the community if you just need a shoulder to cry on one uh, age group which um, there hasn't been to my knowledge a whole lot of uh, dialogue on and that is are the teens and they may struggle more with social isolation um, than actually younger children and um, so one of the ideas that's being banded around is maybe to direct their energy into uh, community projects that might be acceptable And just as a a final closing, um, families are being mindful to or asked to be mindful of their activities and to operate, again, within the recommended health guidelines um, and the social distancing until we are instructed further by our provincial health officials. So um, well done, everybody. Um, We'll pull through this. And um, we live in an amazing community and an amazingly beautiful place. So how lucky we are. Thanks a lot,
6: Noba. And thank you you, to you, Christine, for your decades of uh, leadership with children and youth here. Adam, I think you're our last uh, community update. Adam is with the Cortez Community Economic Development Association, previously the business and tourism group, and they have been looking at some big picture sort of long-term resilience responses. Adam, please join us.
0: Thanks, Noba. I'll mention three things that we are focusing on right now. Um, The first is an obvious one in our role as supporting uh, economics on the island to help people get connected with the various government supports that are available. So we are compiling a resource list. We're trying to keep track of things as they're announced. Um, We have a survey that will be going out as well. And then the idea is also to, to to convene some some kind of peer support spaces for this. So if you have if you if you have a business or if you're applying for financial support um, or you plan to get in touch with us, we'd like to uh, organize potentially some calls um, and other ways that we can share information about how this actually works and help people to move through the potentially complex process of assessing whether, they, whether they're whether um, uh, they eligible for, for financial supports and how to go through the process of applying for it. Um, and I'll put in the chat right now, um, we have a, a temporary webpage for CEDA that's focusing on COVID-19 resources. And that includes a contact form as well as our email newsletter, and we'll be um, we'll be keeping in touch with folks through that newsletter as we're developing these various things. So the second thing I'll mention is that we had on our roadmap to do some um, entrepreneurship training programs, particularly for bookkeeping and for business planning. And these are things that there appear to be demand for after some of the events that we did last year and early this year. Um, so we are going to move those online um and we have some some fantastic potential mentors and program content Um, so this will this will allow us to to uh, provide a way for those who are perhaps out of work or who might be looking at shifting some of their livelihood to things that are less dependent on tourism um to to kind of scale up on some of the business aspects of what they might do and that can range from really really Small scale artisan um, businesses to larger scale things. So, we'll be right now, we're kind of checking uh, demand and going to be determining what the schedule would be for those. So, again, send us an email. I'll also put my email in the chat here. So, anyone who would like to get in touch with me directly, and then there is a contact form at the cced.ca address as well as our email list. And the third thing, which is sort of the bigger picture, is we are moving ahead as quickly as possible to to, uh, establish a community investment co-op. And that is a way for essentially for locals to invest in local businesses and social enterprises. Um, it's It's a model that has been adopted quite successfully elsewhere in DC and around Canada. And it has the potential to allow us to use this time um, to, to start doing things that we'd like to do anyways with with building a diverse and abundant economy on the island. Um, so that's, we're currently in the research phase of that, but it's probably going to move fairly quickly and then be able to support things ranging from, again, small uh, solo entrepreneur kinds of artisan businesses up to bigger things that might have more of a more of a ecosystem building effect on the island things like um, commercial greenhouse space or shared shop space or uh, online marketing platform for artisan products and businesses so this this is an exciting thing that we're we're starting to prepare for and we will be as this is coming online, also looking for who are the entrepreneurs on the island, who are the people who who would like to be running businesses or, or having um, some sort of entrepreneurial income, and who might have ideas that could, could be supported with investment from community investment co op. So if you have ideas, um, or if you, if you would be interested in this, also reach out and get in touch. Well, thanks, and I hope I'm not too far over my two-minute timeline. Well,
6: we, we all have been. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you, Adam, for all your work um, on the big picture. Uh, so I'm just getting a text here, and a, a private chat here from people wanting to contribute to the food bank. So I've got a somebody who's willing to put up $250, and somebody saying, I'd also like to match the $500 personally. Um so we have just with those two, I think, got 75% of our uh, matching already happening. So great gratitude to those and keep it coming from people who are in a position of, of privilege at this time. Oh, and then somebody else with some more and so it will go. So um, just on logistics, we have indeed run over. we were, clunky to start, and of course, we all had more to say than we had allotted. So the, the team here has agreed, let's scrap the, the the social grouping. We thought that we'd break into groups of half a dozen or so and just have a few minutes to check in, given that we can't do that in the cafe so easily, but I really do want to honor us finishing at at seven. So let's take the, the last few minutes really to do Q and A's. Um, and Aton, do you know a good way of moderating that? I think that uh, Karen and Andrea were going to help. I think the notion was that people would put questions in the chat space. Can anybody mm-hmm. even still hear me? Yep,
7: yeah, that's right.
1: Okay. So Andrea and I are
6: here, and we're monitoring the chat. It's Karen.
1: And so, any questions that you have for Nova or for any of the speakers or just general questions. Um, If you want to type them in the chat um, into
6: the Zoom. And I'm also getting a number, one, two, three, four, five other messages to me privately about food bank contributions, which is incredible. A thousand, a hundred, everything in between. So those checks would need to go to the Southern Cortez Community Association, and I'm pretty sure you can just write SCCA um, and then just put a note food bank, and they will uh, coordinate with the other restaurants and um, stores to ramp up that production in any way that's needed. So that's phenomenal. We've raised, I don't know, $4,000 or something right on this call. So just phenomenal gratitude to you. So really happy to take or redirect any other questions. Please type your questions in the chat. And Karen and Andrea will read them while I try to answer some. Um,
1: so somebody would like to give to the food bank but doesn't have checks. Is there a different way to give to the food bank? Could there be an e-transfer?
0: And you're listening to a special broadcast of a community town hall. If you'd like to call in with a question, we can pass that forward Uh, into the Zoom call. So just call the radio station
4: at 0200.
6: H-A-L-L at gmail.com. And Mary or somebody would get back to you on that. I would imagine that they could do e-transfer in this day and age. Okay, great.
1: And then there's a number of other questions coming in, which is great. Keep them coming in. Um, A question about people with disabilities or vulnerable people's. Uh, that are Um, non-seniors, how do um, a lot of people in the island in circumstances feel that we are not seen? We've been trying to convince others who need help to ask, Um, but people are afraid or intimidated. So how can people ask for help in a way that feels good and safe to
6: them? Um, Food bank help or more broadly? I think it's more broadly. Um, Don, I mean, I'm happy to take a stab at it, but Donna, are you still with us? You're the pro on this. I, I certainly know that there's stigma for asking and um, people who feel isolated for doing so or shunned.
1: Yeah, and people are saying, like, specifically in relation to home care or food banks. So is there um, a central—well, maybe this goes, Nova, to the question of— um, There have been a number of people on the island trying to put together a central resource where people can go and ask for support. Would this speak to that, Nova? Um,
6: Certainly could do all that. That wouldn't be anonymously. So I I might ask Eitan or Adam to just chime in and speak briefly around the, the tech options. There have been various attempts to set up a website where people could offer what they have and request what they have, but that wouldn't be anonymous. That's more sort of a neighbor to neighbor matching and pairing of needs. I'm, I'm getting emails from people saying, hey, my kids need some headphones to do whatever, and I don't know what to do with that. Um, I know that Tideline has set up a special COVID page where that you know perhaps could happen more. Um, there's certainly, I would invite us to think about if there's somebody that you feel comfortable speaking with that is a friend of yours that could put your name forward anonymously, to any of these spaces. That, that's perhaps one way of going about it. Certainly the food bank is a very tight circle of professional people who, who treat anonymity well. I, I would also just invite us in this time, this gets into a bit of the warm and fuzzy, but this is a time for increasing generosity and compassion and love, and, you know, to crack us open a wee bit and to hope that we will be um, held a little more graciously when we do ask because part of what's happening is a complete universality of people's need at this point whether it be financial or emotional or physical or we're we're all in a place of disruption Um, is there anybody else on the health team here who wants to speak to that
1: Bernice in the chat has said that uh, people are welcome to contact her by email for any confidential discussion or otherwise about programs um, they can connect with. Um, so there's an offer. Um, and there's another question that I think is really important about uh, internet accessibility. Um, how, As we move to live more living online, what can be done to make the internet more accessible to low-income people with hardware and internet um service providers that may be limiting at this time.
6: Mm-hmm. I got an email earlier today for one of the doctors in our in our core doctor team suggesting precisely that that especially for seniors who um, might not even have connectivity in the way that we normally understand it, like could people donate their old iPhones so that they could at least do FaceTime with some other family far away or for youth who all of a sudden don't have access to Their school programs or their home support programs as as much could there be contributions of electronic support means for that Um, so that's certainly in that matching up and community contribution place um how can we support greater i mean I, i do know that in this time all of the public computers are down and so people who have relied on those have much more limited access especially if you can't go over to a friend's place but is the question a a longer term one
1: um not clear but i think that what i hear you saying is in you know in my house i have a probably an extra laptop in the cupboard that i haven't used for a couple of years that would be perfectly fine yeah Um, so that could be something i could offer on this new hub that's going to be set up um for uh neighbors helping neighbors is that right
6: Aton or Adam, would you be willing to jump in and just speak a, a bit of where that whole neighbor to neighbor evolution has landed?
0: Sure, um, Aton. I don't see where you are in the grid here. Feel free to jump in, um, and otherwise, I'll say a couple things. So we've been testing out a few different platforms. Um, both ones that are specifically for needs and offers and sharing things and ones that are more general. So right now, what we have is there's a special section on Tideline, and that sort of Tideline is kind of where it's gone back to in terms of needs and offers on a web platform. And then there are neighborhood email lists that are springing up. So there's a, there's a, a General Cortez email list directory. Um, and various neighborhoods have have started email lists that are that are being used for sharing things um, and then there is also a discussion forum which is currently sort of in 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 a pilot phase um, but it is being used for discussing all manner of things including sharing garden space and big picture small small picture lots of lots of different topics. So I'll put uh, links to all three of those things, particularly um, the top link here is kind of a directory of what is currently available on all of these topics. Um, and you can go from there to uh, the email groups, as well as to the discussion forum and other places. And Eitan, would you like to add anything to that? I'm sure I've missed a few items.
6: So I would suggest then that that get followed up with Sean Koopman for these hopeful funds from through the regional district to connect this really. He was talking about food and product delivery. I don't know if it would extend to that kind of matching people with services, even if not to pay people to help with that, but to um, provide a bit of funds for the uh, you know, the actual helpline costs. So this is obviously the beginning of, a, as Bill was saying, what is probably a longer trajectory than we would maybe like to think. So um, we, we will work these things out in the days and weeks to come. And thank you for all of your, your help. Karen, anything else applying, coming just, up?
1: I'll let people just reiterate there what I think Adam said, which is if you go to corteshelps.com, um, that is a site that is currently up and active with all the helplines. Um, You know, the one, for instance, there's a government benefit called, uh, I think it's C-E-R-B, CERB, Coronavirus Emergency Something Benefit, Um, and, you know, those types of links, um, that particular benefit, I know, provides $500 a week for the next 12 weeks for anyone that uh, is out of work. It doesn't doesn't traditionally qualify for for employment insurance or, you know, in some different way, but has been there. If you go to um, corteshelps.com, there's an effort to try and amalgamate them there. Um, Other questions, um, there's a bit of a discussion about going off island for groceries to save funds is there any you know I think getting to the food bank seems to be the best way to do that but is there any you know is there any way to encourage people to um to stay on island and um you know maybe and figure out how to make that more affordable for people in need so that's a I don't know if no but I think that's a question we're thinking about I don't think there's an easy answer to that one is there
6: uh, n- no, none of these answers are super easy. Certainly, the food bank is the s- sort of the easiest immediate grocery option, and the, I know at least the co-op and the gorge are offering, I believe, free or minimal charge delivery services. Um, perhaps that delivery fee, if that is an impediment to some, could be um, contributed and covered by the food bank contributions that are coming in. Uh, I. I do know that we're working on getting the delivery piece together um, but that would really be at local prices and i have heard really clearly from a number of people that that won't work for them unless it's truly charity and they would rather not need to lean on charity so um whether it's a formal or informal system where people you know if there's a handful of folks who are willing to say you know i'll go to town once a week and compile people's shopping lists into a big shop and take a big truck that's certainly within the realm of the neighbor helping neighbor if that can get coordinated of course great to support our island businesses as much as we can but I I understand there is a price point difference for folks so I think I mean a number of us here are committed to continuing to work on these things and give updates to the community and every day this is a changing landscape so all ideas super welcome here
1: and Adam, um, if you're following the chat, Adam uh, McKenty has posted a link to the CRB benefit that I was um, speaking about. It seems, it seems from my understanding, it's uh, not quite available yet, um, but it will be available at, uh, very soon. I think it will be retroactive to March 15th, and it seems to be a kind of no questions asked. Um, if you have had a um, an economic impact from this uh, epidemic, then uh, you can apply through there. Uh, so um, we only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, there's a question from a radio caller. Um, how can people without a computer access these websites? Um, that's a good question. Uh, now, there was something about the library. So the library has been closed. Um, but earlier on, um Someone mentioned that, oh, um, it was Bursa Bursa I think you said that people can come into the store um, and use the computers there. Is that correct? Are you online?
10: Um, yes, that's right. We have a computer here and a printer and um, free Wi-Fi. And so they can use our computer or bring their um, devices here and use them. And um, the um, Wi-Fi is all on all the time so if they want to just come and park in their car in the parking lot by the side door um, they can access the wireless at any time
1: great okay so so for people that don't have wireless at home uh, Bertha's offering it um at the store thank you so much bertha um, there's a question about non-food supplies such as mechanical parts vet supplies is there a way to coordinate pickups i understand Lan is reducing service um uh, there are, and, and someone, uh, Jen uh, Wilson has responded, there are bins at every store, there are donation jars there too. Um, so I, I don't know about that. Is that an extension of sort of the free, I know the free store is closed and the uh, recycling depot is closed. Are there bins in the stores that people can drop off a free store type items? Can anyone speak to that? Bertha or, or, or the co-op or, or the gorge? Oh, maybe I'm getting that wrong, and it's food bank donations. Uh, That's
10: right, it's food bank donations that are, the bin is for, it's not for other things.
1: Okay, all right, so it's food bank donations. Um, okay, thank you. Um, well, we only have a couple of minutes left. That's um, quite an active chat. Um, here's a good question. Uh, is there any help for people who might not have had computer skills to access the above government programs? I know that Noba was looking at that, um, and I think maybe um,
6: Andrew from Hollyhock. Yeah, we, it, it's becoming all the. I It's becoming clearer to me that we really do need some systems navigator people who can just who can help anybody who needs help for whatever reason, whether it's internet or. Um, stress or cognitive function or overwhelm or whatever it might be to support accessing those programs. So let me speak further with Sean at the regional district and see if there's any funding for that. If not, we need to figure out how to do that online. Or sorry, in the community, because we do need to crack this one. Everyone needs to be able to have access to this incredible generosity of senior governments at this time. Great.
1: Um, And it's 6.59, so I think it might be time to wrap up, Nova.
6: Okay. Is there any way of getting, I would love maybe at the very end to unmute everybody and just get a sense of, was this useful? Is this something that we should do every once in a while, every week, every what? Um, I did also want to make a final mention just on the food security program's so we've been talking a bunch about the sort of the immediate food bank stuff. I also just really want to let, let people know that there's a super active conversation happening around the longer-term food security, speaking with Linnea, who's in touch with the other farmers and other members of the board there, around what can they do? best be offering and what can we as a community best be offering in terms of really long-term food security. And this is just so much up for people at this time. So I'd love to have a bigger think on that, but that's part of, of this bigger picture. Um, and just a, a reminder, I think Bill spoke to it really well about this probably being a long-term disruption of some kind and that we really are in this for the long haul together that we will need stamina. We will need kindness. Uh, we're really good at that here for the most part, sort of this, this deep listening that people are, are increasingly going to need. We live in a really remarkable place, a really truly remarkable place. That's why we're here. Um, and that we if we can just find every crack that we can to let a little more light shine in at this time, it's um, it's a tough time for people. I I had my first big cry this morning and a colleague of mine said, oh, I do that every day. It helps so much. So, you know, as we can, um, just find our, our real humanity in this. So I would love to hear from people. Has this been useful? People are welcome to me and That's others at any time around I
9: this. did mention that, we you know, were, so- we're sort of just going to ask their staff to wear masks
6: Okay, I think everyone's unmuted. Maybe, maybe if people if people
1: take your bring yourself back onto video, show us your video and give us a thumbs up or a, meh. or a, <laughs> how are you feeling?
9: Thanks. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, uh, go up there. He's oh, on the roof of the store, the lodge. Can you
11: tie it on? Yeah. No. Can just mute everybody <laughs> again and until <laughs> you can unmute yourselves?
9: <laughs> I just laughed. He is normally
11: careful. There we go.
1: Great. I saw a lot of thumbs up, Nova.
6: So weekly, is this a like a good weekly space for updates and Q and A? And I'm seeing one thumb, two thumbs, other thumbs. Yes, we're just we're all navigating this together, folks. So really keep <laughs> this whole family thumbs up. Um, <laughs> please keep I your. I know a lot of people. I, no, well, I,
9: I found
11: yeah. it really awesome. If you can,
6: okay. Desta?
1: I, it's great to hear all these updates from so many people. Um, there's that Fred Rogers neighborhood quote that whenever you see something scary on the news, just look around for the helpers. I guess that's what his mom used to tell him. So it's great to see all these helpers online here. Um, par- partly why I wanted to come tonight is is for... For discussion, so it's great to hear what everyone's doing, and if we could get that like in point form and just have that already done before we get here, and then have a conversation instead of just fifteen minutes at the end, I would love. To, like, I yeah, that's my feeling on it. I'm going to end
6: Here's one idea: what we did on the Friday call, where I invited community leaders together, is we. I, I I pre-prescribe people to various conversations um, and those conversations I think were quite fruitful in some circumstances but I didn't know yeah, Thirty of you that was great. and how the hell could I pre-prescribe who wants to have one conversation so we'll think about the technological capacity for that but I, I really hear that that's wanted.
11: Can I just say something quickly? Hi I'm Jen. Hello, um i would like to be involved in this uh before i came here i was involved in a lot of mental health advocacy and advocacy for persons with disabilities and invisible disabilities people like myself and um i feel like these discussions often happen without us and so i would like to be a part of it and that's why i guess i got invited by a couple different people but um in spite of what I have with my own health challenges, I actually do have a lot that I think I can offer in terms of ways to, um, appeal to the community, to understand for people to understand what it looks like, what people, what, um, what people who are like me look like who we are in the community. You know, I work with your kids. I worked at Holly I worked all over the place, but I also am a person who's now totally in a, rough situation. So, you know, just creating some faces, I think, would be really helpful, too. Thank you.
9: Um, All right, I'm hearing from my co-